In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Tokenet Radio, Toki Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. It's time for Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues today, with Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Ladies, Motherhood Talk Radio is here to give you a powerful platform by giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from childcare to corporate formation. Motherhood Talk Radio has interviews with best-selling authors, gurus of happiness, and women of interest who every single day make our world a better place for our families. Motherhood Talk Radio, powered by Motherhood Incorporated, is on the air now. Moms, this really is your show. Motherhood Talk Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Hey, mamas. Happy post-Easter. I have to admit to all of you, my name is Sandra Beck. I am the host of this show, and I have a Cadbury cream egg problem. It's my third one today. That's it? What do you mean that's it? Usually I eat like one in a day. I gave one to our friend um, who's from the Middle East, and she's a doctor of naturopathic oh medicine. Oh, my God. She probably had a heart attack. She took two bites. She's like, oh, my God, there's so much sugar. There's so much chocolate. I'm like, yeah, what, kind, what kind of egg is it? It's a Cadbury cream egg. She probably thought you were poisoning her. Was it just plain chocolate? No, bite into it. It's delicious. Oh, Give it back then. <laughs> oh, you ate it. You ate my egg. You said to eat it. That was just in theory. Here, you can have it. I'll get another one. You don't want two half-eaten eggs. I don't have this view yet. I don't even care if it's Pretty good. Very good. All right, I'm out to get another Cadbury cream egg because it is our post-Easter show, and we are not having Rona the Nutritionist on, so we can eat Diet Coke. Um, what else do we have to eat? Lots of chocolate and jelly beans. Christy, how was your Easter? It was good. I'm I'm just coming out of my sugar coma today. Actually, so I'm good. I was in a coma. (laughs) Tongue hanging out and drool going down the side of your face. Maybe. You're spying on me? I know, stalker. Hey. Yeah. No, I had a great Easter. Um, The kids had a great time. We spent time with our family. We had Easter two Easter egg hunts, and it was it was really a nice day. Even though the weather was kind of. Ugly, but despite Wait, that, were we in the same town? No, we weren't. Oh, that's why. <laughs> like, God, it was no, beautiful. It wasn't that bad. I'm like, really? Where were you? No, it. I mean, at home, it just drizzled a little bit, and it was cold. And then we went. Oh, because you were in the San Fernando Valley. No, no, no. Here, no, where were you? Drizzled here in Acton, California, in the morning, and then we went uh, to San Bernardino. California, <laughs> and it was totally like raining. It was cold. It was <clears throat> it was yucky. It was beautiful here. I know. Well, I mean, when we left, you know, the sun was coming out. And we're like, man, we left this beautiful. You know, it turned out to be nice to some crappy weather. Oh, um, so, well, the kids and I went over to the Swanson compound. Segment producer and co-host Rick Swanson's family. Nice. The compound. The compound. Because there's well, so many of you. We should just call it the Ponderosa, but I guess I guess compound works. Yeah, Ponderosa. It has a negative connotation. You want your compound? You picture like the court. I don't think it's negative when I think of you and your like five brothers. Four and their brothers. Firearm collections. 
<laughs> four brothers. I'm four brothers. One sister. There's a girl in there. There's two of them somewhere. I don't know. There's so many of them. It's like a clown car. They get out. There's just keep Swanson just keep coming out. There were grandmas, grandmas, Swansons. There was aunts and brothers and uncles and. I'm yeah, sure they'd be glad to hear that. Get in your con cars. <laughs> Come on out. <laughs> well, but the best part of it is, like, the kids and I, like, we don't eat much, so we just kind of slipped right into that family dynamic. They didn't even notice we were there half the time. Oh, really? Yeah. It was a lot. <laughs> it was just people and food. Oh, and the food was so good. Your mom knocked herself out. And your sister, too. Yes. No, it was really good. I ate, like, I ate, like twice. No, who doesn't? <laughs> See? Hello. See? Yeah, that's that's it's only I ate three eggs today. <laughs> It? I two plates. No problem. Everyone does it. <laughs> and I made my bunny cake. It was cute. It was cute. Very cute. And, you know, right out of the 1970s, I remember when I was really little, <laughs> and my mom would make the bunny cake, and, you know, it was like, oh, my God, I got to eat the eyeball, or, like, the, you know, the jelly bean nose. Well, it was really fun, though. Did the kids help you, or? They helped me eat the frosting, you know, and eat the coconut. Good call. Yeah. Yeah, but it was funny because when the bunny cake was first opened, there was one um, one of the Swanson family, uh, the teenage boy I didn't know. He like <laughs> Jonathan? No, it wasn't one of your brothers. It was the other kid. The, oh, my cousin David. Cousin David, yes. Yeah. It, like the bunny had just been unveiled, and like he picked off the <laughs> the whisker, which was a Twizzler. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. He's like poking at the eye, and I'm like, I'm a guest. I know I can't just like, like you know, arrest him and like throw him to the floor. Holy little bunny can't go on. But it was okay. I got over it because I'm like, I am a guest here. You know. Like, hey, kid. You know, it's like, and that's what you want. You want the kids to come up and like, you know, be so excited to eat it, but like to pick off a piece of its face. I was like, oh, sacrilegious. Yeah, but it was super fun. We had a great day. Good. Yeah, and we went and we watched Mr. Rick perform at the Performing Arts Center. He sang and did a little tap dance with a hat and a cane. Wait, wow. <laughs> the same performance we were talking about? <laughs> oh, no, he sang. It was beautiful, and he played the guitar, and I don't know what else you did. What did you do? You were there. You know what you did. Well, you were there, too. <laughs> I know, but no, I, just played I was it. busy with the Cadbury cream eggs. <laughs> No, I just played two different guitars and sang. That was a very slow day for me. It was, yeah. You only had one performance that day. I know. It was actually kind of nice, but... Did yeah. anybody capture it on YouTube or put it on YouTube? They sell the video. There's they a sell DVD. the DVD. DVD. Oh, very yeah, nice. Yeah, YouTube's kind of ghetto. Red no, thing. well, I would have... I don't know. Usually Wayne does that. Everywhere we played... <laughs> ghetto. <laughs> well, I did take some pictures, but unfortunately, where my seats were, I was sitting with Rick's dad. Um, our seats were like halfway up in the center. Rick looks like he's like two feet tall, and you just see this giant tattoo. You guys and... got the cheap seats, and you know the performers. Well, it was festival seating; you could sit anywhere. Wait, oh. how could you see my tattoo from the from the seat? Because it's giant. But I had yeah. a, I had a long sleeve shirt rolled up. Yeah, but I have X-ray vision. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> explains everything. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> we'll be on a massive sugar high by the end of the show. I'm just telling uh, you. Did you like the Cadbury cream eggs? I did. I haven't ordered to do with it. I only eat half of it. It's very oh. rich. What do you want to diet? Yeah, suddenly. What do you mean? After first bite, I'm not gonna diet. Come on. It's very rich. I know it is. That's what makes it so good. I just wanted to bite it, but I don't have to eat it. No. Well, don't waste it. If not, yeah, you can't waste. Send it over this side of the office. Mm. 
It's good, though. I love what Rona would say about it. Like, filled with artificial dyes yeah. and colors and well, sugars mm. and cocaine. Well, I think Mitra is, cocaine. like, the new Rona. <laughs> Mitra is the new Rona. She was, like, she's, like, about had a heart attack when we I said that I was going to drink, like, a Diet Coke. Oh, and I don't want to bring yeah, up the Diet Coke hates, thing again. But she hates Diet Coke. She was like, <gasps> would you give your kids? You know, eight tea tablespoons of sugar. I'm like, whoa, no. <laughs> Mixed with Rano? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I'm drinking it. She's like, oh, even worse. Oh, I know. You'd think we were giving kids antifreeze at this rate. So, I don't know. She would be appalled. Can you give that to kids? No. <laughs> I think she kills them like dogs. Oh. Uh, uh-huh. And you know, know how? This is Mother of Talk Radio. <laughs> Talk about giving kids antifreeze. Wow. Yes. I, I, it's a Cadbury cream egg talking, guys. It's, that's a Cadbury cream egg. And hey, it's, think poison. it's poisoning you right it now. It is. It's just, you know, my... Yeah. Oh, it tastes so good, though. You'd think Patron is bad Seas for candy her, but, is oh. my thing. Oh, Seize Candy, your thing? Did you yes. get Seize Candy bunnies? No, because they were like $9. <gasps> and that is ridiculous. <laughs> it is wow. ridiculous. Well, the little lint bunnies that I like, the lint Swiss chocolate bunnies that yeah. come in that little gold wrapping, and they look so cute, and they make little hazelnut carrots and all those things. They were, like, crazy expensive. I know. Well, they're half price now. No, that's why I bought them this morning. Okay. You know, I was at Vons, <laughs> and they're like, all the Easter candy was, like, 50 to 75% off, so I bought, like, three boxes of Whitman samplers. I bought 10 Cadbury cream eggs. We're down to six. And, uh, Yeah. It's been a big morning. Four or five, like, big one-pound chocolate bunnies. I would have gotten you a big Cadbury egg had I known that you loved them so much. You know, I only love them this time of year. I'm very suggest, or I'm very susceptible to seasonal advertising. Me like, too. if you gave me a Cadbury cream egg in, like, October, I'd be like, nah, no thanks. I am but too. if it's Easter, it's like you're almost obligated. I know. It's all that beautiful colors and the packaging. And the pressure, just that pressure to, like, have that Cadbury cream egg because they're, even the advertisements, like, eat them now, don't miss them, they're going to be <laughs> yeah, and I freeze them. I put my freezer, so I could have them year-round, but I don't. Yeah, and now that they're half price, it's almost like you have to buy them, or like oh, you have to buy them, and then you have to eat twice as many. I know. What's going to happen to all that? Who else is going to get it? I know there'll be just homeless people like hopped up on Cadbury cream eggs because they won't know what to do with them. No, are you kidding? Housewives like you and me, and then we will force feed them to our friends. <laughs> But yes, it was a very good Easter, I think. Mr. Rick, how was your Easter? Well, I was also there at my parents' (laughs) compound. Oh, it was good. You were sitting next to me in your second go-round on your plate of food. Yes, I I did table hopping with the little kids and ate with the bigger little kids. Nice. You know, um, it was good. I ended up falling asleep, though. You did? I forgot about that. I was talking to my sister, I'm like, I'm really tired. I'm just going to sit down. Then she was talking, and I actually fell asleep. Rude. Yeah, and he just and he fell asleep, like, on the couch, in the living room, in front of everybody. His arm was over his head, and he's like... Okay, it wasn't quite that bad. If you were asleep, how would you know? That's what my know. husband and, and, like, a couple of the other guys <laughs> did, too. They it's just the guys lay asleep. down in the middle of everything and everyone and sleep. Yeah. So do you think that turkey thing's a myth? I don't know. I mean, we have to fame Maybe they put it in hay. Hey, it gives you the sweat, and it makes you fall asleep. It's horrible. Don't eat turkey. Okay, Mitra and Dr. Rona, don't eat turkey. Unless you grow it 
yourself. Oh, Raisins? yeah, that's true. You grew your own turkey this year, and then oh, Craig raisins. butchered it, right? Yeah, we had two of them. God, you're a redneck. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I didn't. Well, my did husband is a redneck. No, I didn't. They did it at work. I did it at work. Oh, they filmed it? No. Uh, yes, of course they <laughs> did. It's not that hard. Our friends do it. But they did it one year with, like, dull knives, and I'm like, oh. Okay, this is mother of toxic. <laughs> okay, but I'm like, I was like, they're like, what are you, a crazy animal nut? I'm like, no, dude. Eat up, eat up. I mean, yeah, no, I'm, I'm okay with hunting and, you know, killing animals to eat. But you're, like, hacking away at the dull knife. Nice. Wow. Happy Easter. <laughs> Happy Easter at Motherhood Talk Radio. Yeah, it's a great day. Yeah, well, I'm going to talk about the bunny that was drowning in my pool, but I saved it. <laughs> show motherhood talk radio giving you interesting inspiring and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation this is motherhood talk radio and we'll be right back after these hi everybody this is pete six of beatles and beyond why don't we all come together and hear some of the tracks off the latest beatles release on this radio station Why don't you look up the schedules on this radio station and join me and Beatles listeners everywhere to hear these latest releases from the Beatles on Beatles and Beyond with Pete Dix. Adoption, Journey to Motherhood with Mary Beth Wells. Monday mornings at 9, 8 a.m. Central. This is not your typical show about adopting children. This is a shared experience from Mary Beth's heart. Mary Beth will be talking about and covering all the issues pertaining to adoption, including adopted parents, birth parents, adoptees, foster care, and infertility. So... How did your journey to motherhood begin? Or are you still on the path? We want to hear all voices sharing their stories and talking about those issues that are so dear to our hearts. You see, Mary Beth is a birth mom that relinquished a child for adoption and ended up coming full circle by adopting two beautiful little girls from Guatemala. And that led to her starting a doll company about adopting baby dolls from all around the world so that children could choose their own doll and learn about that doll's heritage. For more on Mary Beth and her dolls, go to PreciousBabyDolls.com. Then join us for Adoption, Journey to Motherhood with Mary Beth Wells. Monday mornings at 9, 8 a.m. Central. Remember, the heart knows no boundaries. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Back and Christy Holly. This is Sandra Beck, and I am here at Motherhood Talk Radio along with Christy Holly and Rick Swanson. And after our big Headberry Cream Egg coma, we're back on the air, ready to talk about bullying. Uh, have you ever been bullied, Christy? I have. By other than me? <laughs> <laughs> I've been bullied, you know, by my by my sister. I mean, which sounds like that's a normal thing, but... No, um, but it's still bullying. It's still bullying. And also by, like, I don't know, throughout my 
throughout my entire like school school life, I guess. Elementary school, some junior high, not in high school. But um yeah, it was pretty miserable, I'd have to say, and I and I'd also like to say that I think that it's changed over the years, like because back then they used to call it teasing. Uh, and and now since now it's abuse now it's I mean yeah they figured out that it's happening so much and kids are are you know it's it's just prevalent and and it's way way more going on more than it's more serious stuff now but they just changed they changed it because it 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 was really bad then for me but it was just different. Well, and I think, you know, the one thing that they don't tell you about, the teasing, you know, which turns into bullying, and we're going to talk to Susan Hay today about bullying, um, is that it has long, far-reaching effects. I mean, I was bullied in my marriage. I was bullied um, growing up, you know, by various, mostly by little girls. I wasn't really bullied by boys. I mean, one boy threw a rock at me, but that's not really bullying. It hit me right in the back. It really hurt. It cut through my coat. Um, but, but you know, kids are mean, and, and it stays with you, some of these, the mean bullying things um, that they do. It does. You can ask any person who's been bullied will tell you exactly who it was, what it was, what they said, and you can still hear a lot of times the pain in their voice when they tell the story. It's true. It, it totally impact. I think it does. It totally impacts your life from, from that day forward. It does. Rick, now, you, when you were studying with the police, I mean, what did they teach you about bullying? Did they talk to you about, I mean... You know, like husbands bullying wives or, or, you know, people bullying. I mean, do they do they talk about bullying or was it more considered like domestic abuse or violence? I don't know what they classified it. Right. Yeah, the only the only real training we got was pertaining to domestic abuse, spousal abuse, and, like, domestic violence. We didn't really have any training as far as bullying. Is bullying really, if you technically look at it, it isn't really a crime. But it leads to kids killing themselves. Right, it is, but to... you're not going to be able to call the police. Well, this guy picked on my son. Unless it was an actual physical, like, assault, beat somebody up. But most of the time, you're dealing with juvenile delinquent, and the law is very lenient when it comes to people under, kids under the age of 18. They're not really held to the same standard. But I wouldn't really, I don't have really any experience with bullying. I can't imagine anyone ever bullying you, but were you ever bullied? No, I know I haven't really been bullied. Were you the bully? No. Oh. <laughs> no. I was usually like a dumb loud that would like step in for the other kids, you know. And most of the time I don't even have a lot of fighting. I'd usually just stand up and walk over and people would leave. And, and my brother Jeff's the same way. He broke up several fights on his basketball team just by standing up and walking over there and talking to the guys because he looked scary. Yeah, well, you both look pretty scary. I mean, you're big strapping guys that don't back down, which, you know, is nice to have on your side. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll be bullying from behind, Rick. <laughs> you got to get through him to get through me, but my mouth can... Hold me back. Hold yeah. me back. <laughs> Hold me back. Hold but me having back. worked with, like, some of these youth uh, organizations, like Young Life, I have seen, like, the effects of kids being bullied, and, like, it really does impact them. But I still think it's funny that a lot of the movies you see coming out will have all these things... Well, I've seen kids dunking one kid's head in the toilet, and that's supposed to be comical. We're all supposed to laugh. And I'm like, how is that funny, though? But I think society like, kind of just laughs at it. Oh, you know, he's the buck up. He needs to be a man when to stand, for him, stand up for himself. But if you're, like, you know, six or, six or seven years old and you're only, like, 90 pounds, and there's a kid who's, like, 12, you know. Right. Or there's some kids that grow disproportionately. I mean, look at my little brother, John. He's right, your brother is huge. He's 190 and almost 6'3". 
Yeah, he's, I mean, he's huge. like whole foot and a half taller than most. No, I wonder if he gets teased for being like so big or so you know so tall. I mean, sometimes he, just, he feels you know left out because he is so much bigger than everybody. Yeah, you think just because you're bigger doesn't mean you're exempt from being bullied. Yeah, that's what I right, mean. Right, they can bully him for anything and everything. Right. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's not just for being you know. It could be for being so smart or, you know, not right, so that's smart. True. For being skinny, different. You know, too skinny, skinny people, too, fat, too fat, too smart, too not smart. I mean, yeah, yeah there's a lot of reasons to, to bully um, or to be bullied. But I think, uh, you know, women in particular, I think, get bullied a lot. I think it's very easy for men to intimidate a lot of women uh, just by the sheer size difference. And I know there's, like, a lot of feminists that are going to go right in, but, you know, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, I'm a woman, I'm not giant, you're not giant, you know, Me and too. it's like when you get into a discussion with someone, and this used to happen to me in the business place all the time, I would be arguing my point, and then the, a lot of times the guy I was arguing with would stand over me, and I would stand up, but it's like, I'm not 6'2". Right. You know, and there's that physical presence that, you know, and I think bullying takes a lot of different forms. I think so, too. You know? I had a friend who was 6'5", and he would intimidate people with his size. And I used to get so mad because he's the one that was, like, always wrong, but he would always, like, I'm big, I can do this, and he would always pick on people. And it it was disgusting, Yeah, you know? And, and you can see this, and everybody can, like, like you know, can identify a bully. But bullies, you know, they leave, like, this path of wreckage behind them of all these kids or, or adults, or you know, that, that, that they've hurt. Um, you know, my question, though, and I, we're going to turn this over to Susan Haid, who's our guest today. She's the author and creator behind Lily's Truth. Um, I, why do kids bully? Uh, Susan, are you with us? Hello? Hello? Oh, there you are. Hello, okay, can you hear show. me? Okay, hi, I'm here. This is Susan, here to talk about bullying. Thanks for having me today. Why do kids bully? You know, let's just talk, uh, go back a few steps. I just want to point out that you all hit on such an important part of this topic and that it really is a community issue. It really is a social issue. Um, the topic gets a lot of attention because when this happens to our kids, we tend to react and feel more. It's very interesting that we put up with bullying as adults or abusive behavior as adults. We may not even recognize it, but when it happens to our kid, it's a whole different situation. It's going to take a community to solve this problem, Um, but we do have to change things for our kids. Now, why do kids bully? It comes down to two things. The first is self-hate, and this sounds like, oh, well, my kids don't hate themselves. My kids love themselves. We have a happy family. You really have to look at the many layers of a person um, and how we go about coming into our own, coming into feeling good about ourselves, coming into having sense of um, worth and values and beliefs. Often when we're kids, we're not really, really, really strong in that sense of ourselves yet. And we do believe if we don't feel good about ourselves, that if we put someone else down, if we make someone else look bad, then, then we feel better about ourselves. And that's the immature mind of a child. Unfortunately, a lot of adults are still out there doing that. A lot of partners in marriages still behave that way. I call it 
power stealing. And it's the belief that your power comes from taking power away from somewhere else, someone else. That's a very, very, very distorted viewpoint. What we need to do with our kids is help them have their locus of control, their authority, their sovereignty to be firmly planted within themselves. Then they won't grow up to be dysfunctional adults who may be still bully but learn how to do it with much greater cleverness, much greater subtlety um, than happens well, like when we're kids. like the bullying that goes on between girls and boys. You know, girls' bullying is more mean, nasty, you know, you know you're know, you not pretty, you're fat, you're ugly, you know, versus it's, the boys. It's much, much more subversive with girls. When girls bully, they often target other girls that they know, even their friends. They will exclude another girl on purpose from a group from an activity, from a gathering, they will attack the girl's appearance. You know, they, they will go right to where it hurts her most. They will spread rumors and lies, and they will degrade her over a long period of time. And this is very, very tricky now that you have the Internet because lies and rumors, as we all know, spread, spread like wildfire. When a boy bullies, boys tend to be more physically aggressive. They make verbal and physical threats. They fight, they hit, they kick, they punch. They tend to target smaller, younger, or weaker kids. And they, interestingly, different from girls, tend to target strangers or acquaintances. However, physical violence among girls now is on the rise. And also, when it comes to Internet bullying, texting, Facebook, all of these kinds of things, it doesn't matter what your gender is. You know, we have got to teach our kids to be very, very careful about what they say and, um, you know, stop this, stop this before it spreads. There was recently an issue at my elementary school where there was some cyberbullying and the police were called in. And that, you know, I don't think kids necessarily wrap their brain around that that is the potential when you start putting something on the Internet. Um, but that can also be the case if there is physical bullying. But with girls, it is very, 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 very hard to pin it down, hard to catch it, hard to prove it, but the wounds run very, very, very deep. So if you want, I will give you some some current statistics about where we stand with bullying right now. And I agree with you, Christy. I think this is a problem that has been here since the beginning of time. I think that bullying went on all the time when we were kids, but um, it wasn't recognized as a well, society. It's we always like sensitive to it. Mean, like- well- and also, you know, the whole sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Right. Um, yes, they do. <laughs> you know, and, I and mean, they my, do hurt, and it is they wounding. do hurt, and you should, and you shouldn't just have to take it and learn to be tough. I think we've evolved that much farther in 30 or 40 years, and now we're not only identifying the problem, but we're really working hard to come up with tools and strategies to help the problem, but also get to the core issues as to why kids are bullying and why people grow up to be bullies. And I have to say, there's a game that um, we do with part of my bully program, um, and it is really phenomenal how you see your own inner bully come out, whether it's really subtle or, or, or really extreme, but it's really funny, that sense of competitiveness and play to win. Okay, so we're going to break. Us. We'll come back with you after the break. Okay. Very good. Mom 
here's your show, Motherhood Talk Radio, giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. This is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we'll be right back after these. Thursday nights, get ready for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millette, at 11, 10 Central on Toginet.com. What are the Read My Lips Tips for Success? Well, it's spelled out like this. R. Realize it is possible. E. Embrace all relationships. A. Advance through adversity. D. Develop your significance. M. Manage your health and wealth. Y. Yield to your natural abilities. L. Listen to your heart. I. Invest in yourself. P. Persist by taking small steps. And S. Serve others. Each week on the show, you'll find a safe haven whereby tips, insights, and strategies are shared by Linnea and her guests. Go to Linnea's website, readmylipstips.com. Then join us Thursday nights at 11, 10 p.m. Central for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millette. On toginet.com, multi-ethnic church with Mark DeMoz, Thursday afternoons at 1, noon central, is a show that passionately addresses the question, if the kingdom of heaven is not segregated, then why on earth is your local church? They call us Yes, increasingly, our diverse population and the diverse families it's producing is reshaping the face of the local church as people are beginning to recognize the power and beauty of walking, working, and worshiping God together with others of different backgrounds. How can your church overcome the obstacles, and why should you even try? Join a live chat with guests from around the country and the world to learn the effectiveness of churches in the 21st century beyond race and class distinction. This show has its pulse on what it will take for the church to find real reconciliation in our generation. So tune in for the Multi-Ethnic Church with Mark DeMoss, Thursday afternoons at 1, noon central, here on toginet.com. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Christy Holly and Susan Haid of Lily's Truth. We've let our our show bully go, <laughs> Mr. Rick. Um, but we are talking about bullying today. For those of you who didn't uh, catch the first couple segments of the show, if you'd like to hear the beginning of the show or would like to check out other broadcasts, you can go to toginet.com, T-O-G-I-N-E-T.com. You can also check us out on iTunes under Motherhood Talk Radio, and you can go to motherhoodtalkradio.com and all the shows are stored there as well. So there's lots of helpful information for families, and we're bringing helpful information today about bullying from Susan Haid. Now, Sue, when you were talking about, you were giving us some of the current statistics um, Mm -hmm. in bullying, and you were talking about, go ahead. Let me just run down some of those statistics as they stand today because they're pretty shocking. Um, and I think it's something we all need to be aware of. But um, one in five elementary school students are bullied. That's a lot for elementary school. When you get to middle school, the statistics go up from there. Almost half of all middle school students are bullied. Now, when you get to high school, 
The statistics say that one in three high school students are bullied, and one of five students is a bully. But let me just add in here, when you, when you start getting into that age group, this is what is heartbreaking. 85% of gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender youth are harassed. Over 60% of those kids feel unsafe at school. That just should never happen. One in in three of these kids stay home to avoid bullying, and almost one in three of these kids will drop out of school. And then the ultimate truth about this, which, which is the most heartbreaking of all, that these kids are two to three more time, three, two to three times more likely to commit suicide than their, their heterosexual peers. Now that that's just wrong. That's just wrong. No child should be in that position to be harassed and bullied. Today we're talking about bullying of all kids and all teens, but there really, really, really is such a focus on gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender youth by the time they get to the high school age. It's just out of control. And why we are raising kids who feel that this is okay is beyond me. But um, those are the statistics. And, um, you know, the unfortunate truth about bullying, whether you are the bully or whether you are the the victim, the long-term consequences are there. Even bullies struggle with anger and depression. Um, And the interesting thing that happens is often the bullies at some point become the victims, and the victims at some point become the bullies because of how we, how we operate as emotional beings. Everything gets twisted up. And uh, so, you know, I think the ultimate goal, first and foremost, is to give our younger kids strategies about how to face a bully, how to handle it now. But then the bigger part of what I'd like to try to do is get to the core issues of why there are not only bullies, but why there are victims. And, you know, we talked about self-hate earlier in the program. There is that core thread, whether you are on the bully side of the fence or on the victim side. If you are a balanced child, if you are in your self-worth, let's say, if you have love and compassion for yourself, you wouldn't go either to the victim or the bully side of the fence. You would never want to hurt someone else. And if someone tried to hurt you, you would stand up in self-love and self-honor to do something about it. So really there is that, that common thread between victims and bullies, and that is self-hate, self-loathing, lack of self-worth, lack of self-esteem, and then the not knowing of where to get your power from, what to do with yourself to handle your life. So that's what my program, it's called the Peace Out Project, gets to. Gets to giving kids strategies, tools, and options so they can get out of this dark place that they're in. But what I'd like to do next, if it's okay with you, I'd like to go straight into giving your listeners top 10 strategies to stop a bully because I think until you get to the deeper issues, you need some tools right now, today, to go to school with tomorrow. And that's a, that's a really important thing. So the first thing you want to teach your child is to trust their instincts. You know, so often we have the, the hamster wheel of the mind that says, but I'm a nice person. I don't, want to make, I don't want to break the rules. I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do that. If your instincts are telling you, walk away, or if your instincts are telling you, stand your ground, then that's exactly what you need to do. And we need to get our kids back in touch with their innate 
instinctual attributes. That's number one. Number two, teach your kids to stand their ground. And this is very important. This is even hard for adults who have not had any kind of assertiveness training um, or have not been involved in sports where you are more aggressive. So with kids, it's important to role play how to stand your ground. So the parent would pretend to be the role of the bully. The child would practice standing their ground. I can't say enough about this with kids because what it does is it lays down a pattern so that if something happens at school or on the bus or on the playground and they're flustered, they've already had this pretend scenario, and it's easier to bring that into action if you've played it out in a pretend setting before the event actually happens. Unfortunately, great when she... You know, great Everybody athletes do, do that before, you know, before a big game, they play it out in their head. I mean, we practice our lines to go on stage. I mean, we do it rehearsing. We're basically rehearsing for the bullying. This is absolutely no different. And, and, you know, a lot of parents don't want to scare their kids. This is just, what if this happens? What if this happens? What are we going to do? And, you know, it's interesting when, I'll give you a story. Recently, my son was on the school bus, and um, a bully incident happened. And I think what happens is most of us go into our, what I call, default behaviors, meaning some of us go into shock, some of us go into fear, some of us go into flight or fight, whatever it may be. Um, And he stood up on the bus, he turned around and aggressively, very loudly said to one child who was bullying a smaller child, you know, stop it and leave him alone. And he said it so loudly, everybody on the bus kind of turned around and watched. And that was a really beautiful thing because I think all the other kids probably wanted to do something, didn't quite know how to go about it, but they saw how this one sentence very firmly shut this whole thing down. So it was, it was a really beautiful thing to see. So that was number two, stand your ground. Number three, teach your kids, even if you are scared, do not show fear. And again, this is where the role playing comes in. Teaching your kids to have a poker face around bullying, to look tough, to look like you're not scared, to look like you mean business. Very, very important. Number four, teach your kids to use strong words. Now in my house, I don't care what words they use. I don't care how strong or extreme that they are. If my child needs to stand up for themselves, in that moment, I don't want them to be nice, and I don't want them to be polite. I want them to be very, very, very direct and draw the line in the sand with their words and with their body language before things go any further. As a parent, you'll have to teach your own child what you feel is appropriate in that situation, but for my kids, the sky's the limit as far as what words that they, that they want to choose in that moment. Another important strategy to teach your kids is not to isolate themselves. Teach them to stay in a group. Buddy up. Stay with another child. Um, if, if they are alone at that time, then have them at least hang around near another group or proximal to another group so they are not completely off on their own. Another strategy to work with your kids on, and this is more of a longer-term strategy, but talk to kids about having dignity, having worth, being proud about who they are. If a child is broken, if a child feels worthless, if a child does not get 
the message of worthfulness from their parents. If a bully comes to them, they're going to cave in. They're going to feel that they deserve this, and no child should ever be in that frame of mind. Another. Well, and some of the parents, so let me stop you just for a second here. Some of the parents I've noticed, like I see this on the baseball team, it's like the dad's a bully, and then the son's mm-hmm. a bully, and then the son gets reinforcement from the bully dad for, you know, being, you know, being a good bully. Exactly, 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 exactly. or being a good victim, one or the other. And That's true. some kids are bullied. Yeah by their own parents, and they, they lose their voice. They lose that ability to be able to stand up for themselves. And, yes, I've been around kids who have a very domineering parent, a very controlling parent, and these kids pick that right up. So this is why it becomes a social issue, why it becomes a community issue, because, frankly, it does, it's not starting with our kids. It's not starting there. It's starting somewhere else. So uh, let me go through the, the, the next few strategies before we take a break in a couple minutes. Um, another important thing is to teach your kids to stand up for their rights. And what I mean by this is they need to know they always have the right to be safe and happy, always. And when that right is transgressed, the law has been broken and they need to do something about it. Teach your kids to stand up for other kids. Very important because if there is a voiceless child there, a child who's experiencing some level of abuse in the home, let's give that child a hand. Let's help that child out. Teach your kids to refuse to participate in bullying. If all of us parents are out there teaching our kids to stand up for others, to refuse to participate in bullying, those two two things alone could make a difference. And one of the most important things to teach a kid, especially a child who doesn't have size and pounds on their size, get away from physical harm immediately. Get away. There is no humiliation in this. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. If someone physically is going to hurt you, you get yourself out. Those are really good, you know, just really good things I would have never thought of. Christy, how about you? No, I am just... I am just absorbing everything because we are having a little bit of a problem with my daughter. So all these are excellent strategies, and I like I need your book or your workbook, or I need you to come well, down a, here and it's, help it's, me. It's a, it's a well, DVD, you know what? We're um, about the, ready to go to break. Okay. Uh, so when we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about bullying and um, what it feels like as a parent. Um, and uh, when we come back from the break, we'll be hearing from Christy and uh, her situation. My name is Sandra Beck. I'm the host of Motherhood Talk Radio with Christy Holly and Rick Swanson. Our guest today is Susan Haid. Check her out at lilystruth.com, L-I-L-Y-S-T-R-U-T-H.com. Mom, here's your show, Motherhood Talk Radio, giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. This is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we'll be right back after these. Season Me is on Toginet, a delightful, thoughtful, serious, and not-so-serious call-in show with Cecil Murphy and Twyla Belk. Tuesday nights at 8, 7 central on toginet.com. You know Cease is the veteran author from 90 Minutes in Heaven, Gifted Hands, When a Man You Loved Was Abused, and many other books, as well as a mentor for writers. And Twyla Belk is an effervescent force known as the Gotta Tell Somebody Gal. She's also a writer and motivational speaker who's always bragging on God. 
For more on Cecil Murphy, go to his website, Cecil Murphy, that's P-H-E-Y dot com. And for Twyla, GottaTellSomebody.com. The show, Season Me, is a far-reaching, faith-based, shared conversation and call-in show with questions welcome. A chance to get everything out in the open. From questions about writing, to surviving sexual abuse, to the topics of the day. All from a Christian worldview to help you. Season Me, Cecil Murphy, Twyla Belk. Tuesday evenings at 8, 7 Central on Togenet.com. Parents, if you feel overloaded, overworked, underappreciated, and seriously stressed out, The Parents Plate is here to help you. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Togenet. It's time to build stronger families through parent empowerment. And that's what The Parents Plate does. The Parents Plate understands the busyness of life and balancing child rearing and other commitments. Brenda Nixon will be talking to noted experts and authors on all issues, from teething, to teen driving. Brenda Nixon is a nationally recognized speaker to parents and child care professionals and author of the award-winning The Birth to Five book. From Fox 4 in Kansas City to schools and synagogues to businesses to bookstores, conferences to churches, audiences rave that Brenda engages, educates, and encourages. For more information on Brenda and her books, check out her website, brendanixon.com. The Parents Plate is loaded with information and affirmation. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, MotherhoodTalkRadio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holland. This is Sandra Beck. I'm here with Christy Holly, and our guest today is Susan Hayes. Uh, I'd like to give you another website for Susan that you can check out. It's called Inspired, I-N-S-P-I-R-E-D, childproductions.com. There's some bully updates on there and um, some tips and tricks uh, to help us through this parenting uh, delight <laughs> that we have. Uh, and it's not always delightful, especially when your child is being bullied. And Christy, you I have a little bit to share about that. I do. <clears throat> um, just uh, like a couple weeks ago, my daughter was saying like, oh, you know, her stomach hurts. She didn't want to go to school. And she'll say that when she doesn't want to do something. Oh, my stomach hurts. It hurts really bad. I'm sick. You know, and uh, usually we figure out like it's, she doesn't want to do something. So we send her to school because she's not sick because she's jumping around one minute. Anyways, well, so we let her stay home, and, you know, we finally got it out of her that, you know, she was crying and stuff. We got it out of her that uh, she's been having some trouble at school and that some kids were um, bullying her. Two kids were, you know, I mean, and it was, it, to her it was huge, you know, not talking to her and not, you know, leaving her out, excluding her. And then she told us that another girl was pushing her. And it was out on the playground. But every day she would come up to her and push her. And, you know, as a parent, it really, I mean, it really, really upsets me because you just are defenseless. And I, you know, I went to the office. I, you know, I talked to, you know, the the, the ladies in there to see, like, how many times she has gone to the nurse. I, you know, I needed to talk to the teacher. And... I ended up talking to the teacher on the phone because I couldn't, we couldn't get a conference. And, um, you know, I told her what was going on, and she was unaware of it. And she said, you know, if the kids don't tell me, she goes, I can't do anything. 
And, you know, I, I understood that because Hannah wouldn't tell us. It took a lot for her to get it out of her. But um, what ended up happening is, is she, you know, the teacher ended up talking to the kids and, you know, keeping an eye out on the playground, and now it stopped. But it's, it's so upsetting to know that something that I can't protect my kids when they're at school. And <clears throat> I feel like, you know, it, as a parent, you don't know if, you know, you're, you don't have the whole truth of what's going on. And I'm not a crazy, overbearing parent who is like, oh, you know, my daughter is right. You know, she's, you know, couldn't possibly be at fault in any altercation or anything that's going on at school. So, you know, and I told the teacher that, but I also told her, that I'm unwilling to be a, per, a parent who will sit back and let this happen. So, you I, know. I completely agree with you, and, you know, it, it just shows the commonness of the problem. And I will tell you, I have three kids. Two out of my three children have been bullied, seriously bullied as well. Um, oh. My daughter's situation, she's nine, very, very similar to your daughter's situation, very similar. My older son, who is 12, um, He's in seventh grade, so having him come to us and tell us that he's being bullied just is not part of boy language in middle school. They want to handle things on their own. They don't want to come across to their parents or their teachers as wimpy or not able to handle things. What happened in his case? He came home from school with the left side of his face rearranged. It was a very, very serious situation. My daughter's situation, although she was not physically hurt, was equally as serious and as damaging because she was ejected from her circle of friends by a new girl who came in the group and decided that she had to go. And so she was exercised, ostracized, whatever you want to say. It was very, very painful. And as hard as it is with our kids, these are also the most fruitful times to sit down with our kids and make the most of empowering your child, talking to your kid about what's going on, what they see outside of themselves, giving them the skills and the tools not only to handle that situation, but also giving them the awareness to see beyond it, to know that they're going to get through it, know that they can make some different choices and um, put themselves in a different position and in a very empowered position. So I have to say, at least with my daughter, she learned a lot about her little circle of friends and what was really going on, what she was willing to put up with, what she wasn't willing to put up with. These are great life skills. With my older son, he learned many of the same lessons in a different way. And his wisdom after the whole event was over, son, what are you going to take away from this? And his words were, I just wish it had never happened. Because I think my older son situation was a little bit different in that even though he was the one who got beat up, he was the one who got hurt, I think he ended up seeing something about this bully that he didn't expect to see. And I think he ended up feeling quite sorry for the bully even though he was the victim. So wow. it's a very, very interesting thing. So you use these things to benefit your child, even though they do hurt his parents. It is infuriating and heartbreaking and frustrating, I know. It really is because, I mean, you, there's not a lot you can do from, from home. You know, you, teach, you try to teach your kids. You're sending the them out you know. into the war zone, essentially. You're sending yeah, them out you know, into the war first, zone. 
instinct is like, you know, oh, you know, you know, unfortunately my husband said, you know, you hit her, you know, push her back or she doesn't stop, you know, he's right for like, you know, clocker. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait, you know, let's hold up. And this is where, you know, it just, it gets complicated because, you know, there's a zero tolerance policy for violence at our school. So, you know, you can't necessarily just step in and shove another kid without being punished yourself. And I have to say, you know, the research does show that the zero tolerance policies haven't been working the way that we had hoped that they would work. So there has to be something else. My son, when he got in his fight, he was at least smart enough to take it off of school grounds so that he could hit back and not be penalized for that. But but that's the hard thing with kids because you can't take it to the level of the physical without there being punishment brought down on everybody. And I can give you a very quick story about another friend of mine whose high school son was constantly being harassed by another boy, pushed, shoved, threatened. This kid, my friend's son, put up with it, put up with it, put up with it. One day he had his head in his locker. This kid came up behind him, slammed his face into the lockers, on impulse, my friend's son turned around and hit back. They both ended up in front of a judge. They both ended up with marks on their record. They both ended up being punished. And that's the state of affairs right now, and that is something we really need to change because good kids don't have the, the defense mechanisms no, that they, they don't have, have a chance. in place to protect themselves. Right, in, in trying to, you know, in trying to legislate this, you know, and, and make a, a, a arbitrary rule that, you know, anybody who hits in the school gets kicked out, you're basically tying the hands of the victim and you're allowing the bully to have free reign to get as close as exactly. they want, to intimidate them, to verbally abuse them, to emotionally right. abuse them. You know, right. everybody, I mean, has had an experience where, you know, you already feel powerless because the person's mm-hmm. bigger or they're stronger or they have more money or they're whatever. And then they're coming at you. And then now for you not to be able to defend yourself punishes the law-abiding, you know, citizens and exactly. kids in the school. And it enables the criminal to really have free reign because they're not going to mm-hmm. follow the rules anyway. Right, and they didn't, by hitting this person in the first place, they don't care if they go to jail or juvenile hall or get a mark on their, their record. So really there's a, so much that goes into this issue. Um, I know we don't have a ton of time left, but, um, you know, it is a really, really tough issue, not only for a parent, but for our, the community at large because these little bullies grow into big bullies. These little victims grow into big victims, and then the fun begins, as I said earlier, because bullies become victims, victims become bullies, it gets twisted up, and it goes on and on and on and on. So we need to break the cycle. Yeah, it's interesting, Sue, that you talk about, like, you know, little bullies, because I had an issue with Max and his two friends. There was one kid, he was like a third grader bullying him, and he was, you know, twice their size, and, you know, my kid's really mild, his friends are really mild, and this was just a mean kid. And, you know, and I know the dad, I know the dad is... um you know, the dad is trouble. I see him at the sports fields. And, you know, I walked up to the little kid, and I'm like, hey, you know, did you flick my son in the head? Did you flick him in the head? And and he's like, yeah, what of it? And I was like, you know, I couldn't believe, you know, it's like I'm mm-hmm. twice his size, but he didn't care. Mm-hmm. 
You know, and I no. said, well, go ahead and do it again because you're going to answer to me. And I didn't threaten him because I know, you know, an adult can't threaten a child. That's said, right. <laughs> you were there, weren't you? And I said, but you know, you won't know where I am. I could be under your bed. I could be in your closet. You will not know, but I will come get you. And he did. He backed up. Oh, you know, but well, the school well, wasn't doing anything. And, the, you know, the other parents, I knew I wasn't going to get anywhere with the dad. And the mom's kind of an idiot. So, you know. <laughs> well, Dan. <laughs> Happy holidays. Welcome well, to first grade. <laughs> well, let me just interject here, and this is why the program that is currently under development and near completion involves the entire community. The tricky thing is it's hard to get unaware parents to participate in programs like this and also to recognize their own behavior um, and be willing to change. So, you know, that that is the tough thing. So what you do in Max's case is you keep bringing him back to seeing clearly what's going on, that it is this kid that's flicking him that has the problem. And then maybe one day Max will decide that he can do something back, use his words, say something, do something appropriate. Come get Big Mama. (laughs) Or come get Big Mama, whatever it takes. But, again, it's a social issue. It's a huge social issue, and bullying eventually becomes abuse in the home or in the workplace or what, what have you. So I don't see it as a separate issue. A lot of people do, but I don't. No, because, uh, you know, the you know bullies, like, you know, and, and Chrissy, we've talked about this on other shows, you know, people do what works for them. And if they learn bullying at a small age, you know, the one thing that I love that Rick's mom has taught me about, you know, in teaching your kids discipline and teaching them self-respect and control, you know, is like, you know, they might be this big now and you put your hand down by your knee, but eventually they're going to be this big. And, mm-hmm. you know, they'll be taller than you and they'll be somebody's husband or they'll be somebody's friend and they'll employ these bullying techniques to get what we want or get what they want so we need to stop this when we're young we need to band together and it is a social issue I'll have to come back and talk to you because now you've gotten into the topic of, of feeding and power stealing, and that could be a whole other show, which we'll see. Okay, well, we time. will bring you back. My name is Sandra Beck. I'm the host of Motherhood Talk Radio along with Christy Holly, and we will bring Susan back for a future show about power stealing. Thank you for being a part of Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Grontoginet.com. Join us every Tuesday.